Hello and welcome into Fantasy Focus Football. Today's show is presented by Geico. Search Geico, see all the ways that you can save. We are on to week 14 and it is a full house here on Fantasy Focus. Full house. All right. Fields, Stefania, Mike, and Daniel. <laughs> Seriously. First time house. ever or yeah. no? Danny Tanner. Would you be Danny Tanner if Probably. we were in this? Um, is Mike Uncle Jesse or Uncle Jesse? No, I, I want to be the funny oh, one. Oh, yeah. Uh, I'll take both of those. I'm yeah. cool and funny. So it's actually from- kind of, you can't go wrong there, right? Yeah, exactly. Because like I'm Uncle like, Jesse, yes, like yes. just John Stamos, Stone Cold stud still uh-huh. all these years later, right? That sounds like me. Meanwhile, okay. yeah. Meanwhile, <laughs> wow, wow. Uncle Joey, Dave Coulier, one of the great French Canadians in French Canada history. In- so <laughs> did I say that correctly or no? In French Canadian history. Yeah, yeah. French, yeah. But anyways, love me some Dave Coulier. You really can't go wrong. Yeah, I like all of those things. I am all those things, so I'll take it. Yeah, I feel like I think you have to be Danny Tanner because you're like the dad that keeps us all together <laughs> in a situation. Stefania, who do you want to be in I, this full I'm house not the one who was, I guess I'm dead. Not the one who broke some right? laws. Yeah. Right? R.I.P. Bob Saget. Yeah. <laughs> That's I want true. to move on. Okay. That's <laughs> wow. what I want to do. Okay, moving on. Okay. All right. Well, in case you moving on. Wait, well, the show took night. place in the Bay Area, even if it was... Well, was no, it I know. Yeah, well, that, the best part is the Victorians in the, you know, in yeah. the open. All right. Unlike so why is this a the... Sore uh, no, I just, am, I, I just want to make reference to yesterday. I saw the cone. What? Oh. what? What are you talking about? You mean, Stefania. And then you, and then you put a 49ers helmet on it. Well, wow. Like... You should respect my privacy this time. Wow. <laughs> There's a lot going on in San Francisco, and yet you mm. made fun, managed to make fun Listen, of me. You put the 49ers helmet on <laughs> it, and then what happened was Daniel went to try and remove the cone, and then it sacked him. That's what happened. It's <laughs> a testament to the 49ers defense. I it's actually, your fault, I Stephania. actually pulled a hamstring trying to move the cone. Stephania. That's what it was. Good. That one might fly get. a little bit that's close to get. the sun <laughs> because the, literally the la- like Kyle Shannon is actually going to be signed to the 49ers active roster this week. That's how thin they are. That's as emotional as I've seen. We're going to get there. Yeah. All right. We got a lot to be able to talk about today. We got a Monday Night Football recap. We got a bunch of guys that we're going to talk about. Some Can I start with something here on the yeah, Monday Night Football recap? Yeah. First of all, if you watch this game, God Bless you. Yeah, it's, oh, yeah. seriously. Ugh. Getting through that was it. Right. Was, that was oh, you earned yourself something. I don't know whether if you're a coffee drinker, like Miller Light, an extra Miller Light. Yeah, yeah. Miller Light, do that. If you drink coffee, go out and grab yourself a coffee. Don't make the stuff at home today. <laughs> if you are normally a person who eats a salad for lunch, have a club sandwich today because you made it through that game. That disgusting Oof. display of football uh-huh. was for bad. 57 minutes. And then Tom Brady did Tom Brady things. Yeah, I watched uh, Troy and Joe for a while, who we love. And then I was just like, you know what? I need some, I need to spice up this game a little. So I went to Peyton and Eli, and that helped. Yeah. I mean, that helped uh, you know make, make it a little more palatable. I had some wine. <laughs> See, there you go. That always makes Monday Night Football no, a little bit better. Looking at the scoreboard here, Bucks beat the Saints 17 to 16. And. I want to start. Saints beat themselves, to be clear. They, 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 they really did. Alvin Kamara, let's start with the Saints. Alvin Kamara has been so tough for fantasy managers, Mike. Mm-hmm. When I look at him, under 13 fantasy points in five straight, and four of those five, he has had single-digit games. We're getting That's into tough. playoff contention here. What do managers uh-huh. do with Alvin Kamara when it with games like this? I think the biggest shocker during that game was right around halftime, you're looking at snap counts, and Mark Ingram was out snapping Alvin Kamara, which yeah. was definitely a shocker. We don't expect that, so... He's being limited to some extent, but on the other hand, if he came out next week and had 150 yards and scored two touchdowns, you wouldn't be We'd surprised. Be I would be and surprised. You would be? They're on a bye. So I'd okay. be surprised. Yeah. Okay. The week after that. Okay, there we go. Okay. Yeah, I'd be surprised. It is Alvin Kamara. He's yeah. still fantastic. He's heavily involved in the passing game. 
There's reasons to believe he can't bounce back. Yeah, yeah. So it is a little bit weird, though. It is weird. There are a couple of things. Not not to take Mike to task here, but uh, I did find the passing game utilization very curious last Mm -hmm. night because there was hardly any as far as design passes go. I think he had one or two catches, and both of them were on broken plays Mm -hmm. where they turn it into a dump off to Alvin Kamara. And the second thing was, if you go look at his exact snap share, like Mark Ingram was playing a ton, but he got hurt. As a matter of fact. His injury, it was kind of nagging during the game, and it was the game-changing play. Mark Ingram talked about this. He, he took the Twitter and, and said, I'm sorry for this, but there was a play mm-hmm. late in the game, second, and I think it was eight. They threw a little dump-off pass to Mark Ingram out in the flat, who, if he gets the first down, it may be enough to salt away the game, barring a miracle. Yep. He just kind of comes up lame yeah. and stops down a yard short, and bad. the Saints go back-to-back plays or I think they actually tried a slant on third down, couldn't convert, they end up punting it. So maybe Mark Ingham's injury opens the door to a mm-hmm. busier Alvin Kamara, not next week, but the week after. Yeah, my point, though, is we're still starting out uh, oh, of Alvin course. Kamara, right? I mean, yeah. I don't know where we're ranking him, where you ranked him this week. We'll see. We'll talk about it. Well, I have him ranked uh, hours, like 487 this week because they're not playing. This week, yeah. Oh, my God. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Just move. All right, I'm done talking about the Saints. Let's move on. All right, what about Chris Olave, Phil? Because when I look at Chris Olave, too, he's been a guy that I've sort of talked about being quarterback agnostic, and while he has yeah. hit that, that floor of like 10 fantasy points, right. he has not peaked with the way that the state's offense has been playing lately. Yeah, offense matters. Offense matters for wide receivers, mm-hmm. right? And I suppose running backs too, but uh, less so with star running backs. You can have a star running back in a really bad offense, but with wide receivers, if you're not finding the end zone, it's going to be a problem. And it's not his fault, right? I yeah. mean, there was one bad drop from Chris Olave last yeah. night that I was stunned to see. It was his first drop of the season. He but was still, probably bored, let's too. be honest. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, like the rest of oh us. He was thinking about wine. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, I just like bigger picture because like you're going to continue to start him other than next week. Yeah. And I would just say like, you see star potential with Chris Olave. Mm -hmm. It's very obvious, very evident. Uh, Jameis Winston. I don't think he's going to take over as a starting quarterback at any point this season. Mm -hmm. Even with the loss last night, the saints are still on the periphery of the NFC South because it's such a disgrace of a division. Um, (laughs) It seems like it's Andy Dalton's job the rest of the way. I think Olave kind of is what he is. Yeah. Hasn't had a high ceiling, but he's had a high floor, right? So you're yep. still you can still justify him as at least a wide receiver, receiver three or flex for yeah. sure. Yep. At worst. When you look at these Buccaneers I prefer not to. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and and when you look Honestly. at the score, you would think that there maybe Tom Brady had a some sort of a decent game, but fifty what was it, fifty four passes? Yeah, he could t- he, he, 54 passes and he doesn't even absurd. hit 300 yards. Those two touchdowns came very late in the game. The yeah, entire like the offense looked awful minutes. the entire game. So terrible. Uh, in spite of what this looks like field, when I look at, at the fantasy points that Tom Brady scored this week, yeah. I don't feel confident that like 17.1 fantasy points is a thing with the way that this offense is playing. Like that's, I, I don't even know how to be able to, to 10 of those. This if not more, came within the last three and a half minutes of the game. Right. Mm-hmm. So you got saved by the Saints' own errors late in this game. And just, just watch it. It's just, it's so far from what we have grown accustomed to for Tom Brady. It's not a functioning offense. They can yep. run the football okay on occasion, but not consistently. They can't throw the football down the field at all. They have absolutely no upside down the field. And Chris Godwin has been renamed to Chris Edelman. Mm-hmm. A guy who in the past has been, and by the way, hey that guys, should be a compliment. Mood hey, we just lighting. Mood lighting. Yeah, yeah, there we go. Back. A little mood lighting. Uh, I kind of like that. That was cool. Uh, <laughs> and I mean that with great reverence for, for both Chris Godwin and Julie Edelman. <laughs> yes, it was. Because Edelman, 
an unbelievable player, but basically what Godwin has become is a guy who in previous years averaged like 14, 15 yards per catch. Now he's more like 10 yards per catch. And last night it was actually less than that. Eight catches on 13 targets for 63 yards. He is an extension of the running game because they can't pass protect whatsoever, especially with no Tristan Wirfs. No, but wait a minute, Mike. They must Mike Evans must have had a huge game because I was told that Marshawn Lattimore didn't play in this one. And he is the kryptonite to Mike Evans. Or maybe it's just the Saints are the kryptonite because this is nine straight games. He's been under 13 fantasy points against the Saints. They just have his number. So uh, it's been rough for Evans as of late, but he's still out there playing every down and one of the uh, top targets in this offense, but it's been a rough month, but you know, I don't really think my opinion of this offense really changed much last night. It's the same. Like Brady's yeah. a good QB two because he has a high floor. Cause he throws it 50 times sometimes, right? Like that's it. Yeah. Unfortunately um, you're not looking for good QB twos. Yeah, I know that. That's right. what I'm saying. Yeah. But nothing changed. Like maybe if the matchup's great, you think about streaming him in deeper leagues, but that's it. Right. Yeah, it's it's, it's what he's you, been all season. This the is the only way that Tom Brady is guiding you to a fantasy championship this year is if you absolutely smash the draft elsewhere. Yeah. What if, what about those running backs Stefania? Like, do you look at after last night, the way that they used both Rashad white and Leonard Fournette, and it's not just both on the ground game, but both of them were heavily utilized yeah. in the passing game too. Well, I think clearly Leonard Fournette has been displeased with what's happened lately. Right. He's expressed it. And I thought that the way Tom Brady, like, if you watched any of the post game, I mean, bad enough if you stayed up to watch the yeah, entire game. But if you actually watched the post game pressers, <laughs> yeah. and Brady was like awfully gleeful, and I, th- I I get it, like they came back and won what he did in the last couple minutes, and for him personally, that was like his biggest comeback besides that Super Bowl thing that happened against mm-hmm. the Falcons. But he was really highlighting Leonard Fournette, you know, and talking about him and talking about how great Lenny was and this and that. And I I thought that spoke to what we've already talked about before, which is that he feels the need to keep him happy. And when Leonard Fournette wasn't happy, that was a problem. They still didn't do enough for me on offense to make me yeah, mm-hmm. excited about either one. Just, if anything, just more of a backfield mess like so many other places. If, they, if Tom Brady keeps throwing the ball 50-some times, then I'm hopeful that these running backs can just have high floors because mm-hmm. of passing Pass games. Because they have yeah. to. They can't throw the ball down the field. Yeah. They tried a couple times with Julio Jones last night, and he missed by, like, if on the three throws, it was like a combined 19 yards of separation between Julio Jones and where the ball landed. Mm-hmm. That's not good, right? Mike Evans had the one late defensive pass interference play, but even that was probably more, it felt like more luck than it was, yeah. uh, you know, sort of like design for the Bucks. And these Bucks are, uh, these backs are going to continue to get utilization because mm-hmm. constantly under duress is Tom Brady. And... I don't know that it gets better until Tristan Wirfs returns. And even then, I'm not sure it gets that much better. Yeah. So these these two running backs are definitely both playable. Uh, they just eat away from each other, unfortunately. Yeah, I'd say both flex options. I mean, if you watch the game, you saw a lot of Rashad White early, and then he scored yeah. the game and he touched down. You're probably thinking, well, he's the guy you rank higher now, right? Like, he's the preferred guy. But he was outsnapped by 14. Yeah. Fournette played a lot Fournette in that game. I, you know, it's a two-headed committee now. This is <laughs> not a, really a 1A and 1B. They're both just going to rotate in and out. I don't feel great about them. The Bucs can't score points. You know yep. what I mean? They're they're yep. both flex options at best, but you don't feel great about it. All right. Let's move on and talk about some news. Go from the downer of a Monday Night Football game to some injuries. With to Stephane. more yeah. of a downer. Stefania, <laughs> so we're going to run through a bunch of these. And obviously, <clears throat> we're going to continue to monitor all of this as we get throughout the week. But our first crack at the injury updates with you. We're going to start with Lamar Jackson, who has a knee injury. Sounds like he is unlikely to play this week. But what can you tell us about Lamar? Yeah, when he left the game, I mean, he, he went down at one point and it didn't look great, and he ends up going out of the game. And uh, it, it he has come into the last few weeks banged up 
uh, with a number of things, whether it's an illness or a hip injury or a quad issue. Like he just hasn't looked like himself. And I think that that partly accounts for why we haven't seen Lamar Jackson running the ball the same way as he used to. Um, but now we know he has a knee injury, although we don't know exactly what they've been very vague on it. John Harbaugh, this was his wording. So I just want to share for the people who didn't hear it because it's so vague. He goes, yeah, he's been through the MRIs. This was his update to the media yesterday. I would say it's kind of week to week. It's going to be a weekly thing. As the week goes on, we'll see for this week. It's probably <laughs> less likely for this week, but not impossible. After that, it'll become more and more likely. I just want to share with you, this is the kind of stuff we have to sift through <laughs> to get information. That is the most redundant, useless John Harbaugh presser about an injury that I've heard in recent memory. So That was not great. No, it's no. Yeah. And the thing is, it... With Lamar being A, as mobile quarterback as he is, B, uh, a knee thing can be so many different things. And while you can look at a couple of the videos, you're not sure exactly where the injury happened. I do think it was when he went down hard on his leg at one point, landed on his knee. You just can't speculate about what it is. So bottom line is my takeaway is I don't expect Lamar this week. And then we'll see it's week to week after that quick conversation around what uh -huh. this offense can look like without Lamar under center. They just signed Brett Huntley. Yeah, the practice squad. I assume he'll be promoted mm -hmm. over Anthony Brown, who's also on the practice squad. They have uh, a very, you know, the, their backup quarterbacks and the practice squad quarterbacks are set up to be utilized similar to Lamar Jackson. And that's yep. going to be the case for Tyler Huntley. And he looked pretty good. I mean, Denver's defense is really good. He had 187 passing yards, ran for 41 yards, had a touchdown on 10 carries in that game. So that was pretty good. Gives you some inspiration that he could be maybe a QB two, sneak into the QB one conversation perhaps with his legs. But keep this in mind. <clears throat> Last year, he played five games in place of Lamar Jackson. He had that huge game against the Packers. Remember that? That was his only top 15 finish. He really struggled other than that. So I'm not uh, super optimistic here. I think if you're in a super flex league, you, you definitely want to scoop him up. But otherwise, uh, not. he's not going to just slide right in there for Lamar Jackson. The only things that he has going for him this year compared to last year is that the quarterback spot is so much weaker this year yeah. that if Tyler Huntley can get you 15 to 18 fantasy points in a given week, you might be jumping for joy for yeah. that, right? Just because of the way the quarterback position has shook out so far this year. But to take Mike's point one step further, if you include this past Sunday, which, by the way, he completed 84.4% of his passes, mm -hmm. he's got six meaningful full games going back to last year as a runner 43 carries during those six meaningful games that's over seven per game that's a good number 6.45 yards per carry that's a good number as well and while completion percentage is not a stat that tells anywhere close to the whole story he's been above 70 percent of his uh, above 70 percent completion percentage in three of those six games so if he throws the ball 20 25 times you feel pretty comfortable there's a chance he might complete 17 18 19 20 passes which might be enough to get you 200 215 so passing yards so i actually think he's a reasonable option this week especially because there are some guys that are on the fringe in a week in which we have six teams on a bye that have really terrible matchups like i want no part of tom brady as an example mike white's been good recently now he plays buffalo as an example there are some quarterbacks who are going the wrong way this week. So Huntley could sort of sneak maybe into like top 12 to 14, depending on uh, how a couple of other things develop this week with quarterbacks. Yeah, he might be your best option if your quarterback's on a bye. So yeah. I'm with you there. I have him like QB 15. So that means he's at least on the streaming radar. Yep. I'm with you.
All right, let's talk about Tua Tungavailoa real quick. Stefania, what's the update we have on him? Well, he injured his ankle late in the game, and then Skylar Thompson comes in to replace him for the final drive against the 49ers. I think this was as much about, like, why bring Tua back in at that point and okay. why risk making something worse? Uh, it didn't sound like it was anything significant. He was talking to reporters after the game. You know, the good thing for the Dolphins is they're actually staying in California this week. They play the Chargers. I think that game was flexed to Sunday night. Uh, Dolphins are getting short of the stick now. I'll tell you about that in a second. Yeah, but they, um, they're they not traveling back. Okay. So, the okay. you know, that's... That's actually a good thing when you're dealing with an injury situation because you can rest there. You don't have to deal with getting in the airplane and all that. So uh, I, I think that helps them. They'll take a day to regroup. I, I don't expect him to be compromised at all for this game. Good news there. As far as schedule stretches go, though, 49ers who play at San Francisco this past week. That's not a, I mean, listen, you have to play them. You have to play them at some point. You're playing them not in the 1 p.m. window. No, no issue there. But they get flexed into Sunday night football which means that the following week is already a little bit shorter, right? You're traveling a handful mm-hmm. of hours later. And their game against Buffalo was pushed up to Saturday right. from Sunday. As mm-hmm. yesterday, the NFL announced a triple header for Saturday of week 15. So Miami goes at San Francisco, at L.A. prime time, at Buffalo in prime time the following Saturday. That's a tough oh, stretch sure. right well, And think about the by the time they get back, it's like the middle of the night between uh-huh. Sunday and Monday. Yep. So Monday, oh, I mean, think how you feel that's, that's when you're traveling case, right? like red eye you're and the back next at like day 10 and you play yeah. on Saturday. Yeah. That's rough. Yeah, just to reiterate that two full days of football next week. They're like oh, yeah. Saturdays, a one, four and eight. Oh, and yeah. then same thing Sunday. It's yeah. pretty great. Instead of one full day of football, two Weird, full days. Weirdly, I have nothing. I, I, I canceled all plans. For yeah. No plans for a Saturday. Yeah, that's how it works. Sounds uh, like a good day to me. Stefania, we saw, unfortunately, Ken Walker the third go down with what is being called a jammed ankle. Well, Ow. just as John yeah. Harbaugh <laughs> was very useless in all of the non-information he gave, Pete Carroll might have been as useless in all the over-detailed information <laughs> okay, okay. he gave. So let me let me share with you what we're trying to parse through on Ken okay. Walker, who did leave the game in the first half with what Pete Carroll said originally was a jammed joint, okay? Which is a real thing. I'll tell you about that. That sounds even worse than uh, what you just said. But, <laughs> but, but then later on his radio appearance, uh, Pete Carroll said uh, that it was more of a, a right ankle strain. And let me tell you his words. Uh, a strain in a particular part of his foot. Well, and he said ankle earlier. So a particular part of his foot that we've uh, we've just got to help him through and see if we can get it to quiet down. A little space that's just aggravated on the inside of his ankle. A very unusual injury. What, what is are that? we... What are we talking about? Is it his foot? Is it his ankle? Know, it's it's unusual. He's on the MRI. It's very, like, like we don't know. And a jam joint. So here's the thing. Um, I, it's hard to say because now they say he has a chance to play. Okay. Mm-hmm. So they have a chance. But we've heard Pete Carroll do this before and say, oh, if they quiet. And, you know, we're going to give him every opportunity. And then he ends up not playing. When when I heard jam joint, and, and I actually tweeted about this, because you can, at your ankle, if you land hard and you kind of force your ankle up into the, you can get a bone bruise, you can get a capsule, th- and that is a wait and see approach. So him talking about, we just got to wait and see. But the thing about being, you know, a strain, when you hear the word strain, that typically means that it's a muscle or a tendon, okay? When you hear a jam joint, that's a joint, a cartilage. So these are... When I tell you, like, this is what we have to parse through, mm-hmm. that's, 
it's not so simple. So now you see on the chirons, it always, you know, foot strain. I'm like, I don't know that that's really what it is. So uh, stay tuned. We'll see what he does in practice. But they have a problem because they have multiple running backs hurt. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, we've got Travis Homer, who has a sprained knee, who also had an illness. DJ Dallas, who had a high ankle injury, but somehow came back and played through it, which is, yeah, but it's like you never want to see that if you're Mm -hmm. dealing with that kind of an injury. It's just not a great situation. Tony Jones Jr. Yep. Yep. Head injury, left the game Mm -hmm. after a big hit that he took. Yep. We saw DJ Dallas. I mean, they're basically like, can you make it through the game? So we're, so. we are working with nothing more than breadcrumbs right now. But if you want to take a look at things that did not happen on Monday, the Seahawks did not go add anybody to their practice squad. They did not go ahead and sign anybody off of a practice squad elsewhere. They do have one practice squad running back right now. I'm going to totally butcher his last name. He used to play for your Lions, Daniel. Godwin Ingwambuke. Ingwambuke. Ingwambuke, excuse me. Um, Apologies for that one, Godwin. Mm. Uh, And so take from that what you will or won't. I think this is one of those that if anybody is suggesting what's going to happen with the Seahawks backfield right now, unless that person is on the Seahawks coaching staff or personnel staff, you can ignore that because it's probably nothing more than I heard Marshawn Lynch is going to work out. (laughs) How's it going to be like, doesn't he still live in the Seattle area? He's just like full-time practice squad. I I think he manages a couple of Applebee's up there, doesn't he? I'm sure. I'm sure. At least. Get him some Skittles. I just, so I just want him to take a golf cart to the field. That's Dude, all. Wow. Yeah. Mm. Watch out. Watch out. All right, Stefania, let's talk about Cortland Sutton. But, but just, to, just to round it out, there is a chance, and I don't want you, yes or no, there is a chance Ken Walker could play on Sunday. They're saying there's a chance. Okay, so there's a chance. Okay. There's a chance. Again, well, I'm not holding you to that. I'm just saying, no, like, no, there I, is a world in which Ken is, Walker the third place on Sunday. Just for people who are out there saying, like, oh, oh, oh crap, am I going to be without this guy who's been mm-hmm. a star for me of late? You should probably make plans just in case because oh, yeah. we would assume That's elsewise. Yeah. But, like, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, Stefania, with Cortland's sudden hamstring injury, as if the Broncos needed more woes to their offense. Yeah, and that, this on top of he, he wasn't healthy coming into this game. He has been dealing with the illness. He's had stuff going on in addition to their offense just being terrible. And now uh, a hamstring injury that I think we're not going to see him this week. Which Broncos wow. player are you That's starting with confidence in fantasy, Mike? Uh, with confidence, <laughs> uh, their defense. Okay. And, uh, Patrick Jerry of Sutton's Patrick out. Honestly, champ. not their defense. Greg Dolcich yeah. is... Greg Dulcich Greg Dulcich started to Yeah, their defense against the Chiefs. It's not like their oh, defense no, has no, been no, good. No, no, yeah. the Chiefs. This is just in general. Like, yeah. you're, it hasn't even been that good, them. Like to be honest with you. like it, it just Probably because they're just tired. Well, honestly, it's a good point. I mean, yeah. It actually is much more, but I think it's that's probably part of it because they play a ton, but they're so good. But just like... Real defense and fantasy defense do not correlate that much. All right, Brandon McManus. Okay, that's that about it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. But Dolchich was tight Dolchich one this past yeah, week, yeah, yeah. so probably that's about it. And that's only because he plays tight end, and he's healthy, and he's yeah. able. The uh, I tweeted this yesterday. The Cowboys in the last three weeks have yeah. scored more touchdowns offensively than the Broncos have this whole season. Oh, my gosh. That is Stop unbelievable. It. It's unbelievable. Wait, say that again? Disgusting. The Cowboys? It's the last three or four weeks, the Cowboys okay. have scored more touchdowns than the wow. Denver has this entire season. Disgusting. Have, uh, it's amazing. It's have amazing. you guys seen the us. Russell Wilson bathroom touchdown? Yes, ratio. it's so good. The meme. I don't so even know. I, yeah, I, <laughs> no. I saw it, but I don't know. No. I don't it's know the, the number of touchdowns, a number of, of bathrooms that Russell has in his house is 12, oh, okay. and he has okay. yet to throw that many. So we're hoping Yikes. to be able to have a one-to-one ratio by the end of the season. Okay. I wow. cannot That's... wait to see what happens this offseason. Oh, yeah. Because the it's, anonymous sourcing uh, stories are going to be left oh. right <laughs> out of Denver. It's everybody oh, yeah. else's fault, but here's the bottom line. You guys think. Yeah, they Stink. are not good. I, I'm yeah. just thinking coaching change, and and they go from there. I mean, well, the, this, you know, fortunately, they ha- they do have a top three pick, which 
Oh, oh wait. wait. Oh, wait. They don't. They don't <laughs> they have to talk about things. Got it. Uh, so, yeah, this is like tough. when we talked about this situation in the offseason, we were like, okay, what's worst case scenario? This is way below <laughs> worst case scenario. Yes, there's no way. Like, we you couldn't they even imagine it. Like, we could yeah. not imagine it. The problem it. is that I'm, the Broncos are what the Seahawks with, with what we thought the Seahawks might be, and the Seahawks with the Broncos we thought might be. Yeah. Right? Oh, like, that's yeah. The that's a great. Yeah, they've, they've absolutely flipped. Stefania, let's close out this injury segment. Yeah, I know where we're going. We got to talk about Jimmy Garoppolo out for the season, but we're just going to open up the floor for you here. Uh, yeah, I contemplated bringing a glass of wine yeah. and just pouring, it on, <laughs> pouring one out, pouring one out for Jimmy G because I think this is like the, the most is you unfair. Drink all of I, I, I know he did. There's none left. Uh, drown my sorrows. I I think that this uh, it, this one it, I get it. I'm a Niners fan. Of course, I'm going to be sad, but I'm just sad. You guys know I get sad on when you have guys who have tough breaks with injuries consecutive years. This is the most unfair injury situation I could imagine because this guy fought through to the NFC Championship last year with a torn ligament in his thumb and a shoulder that was slipping out the backside and never complained. Ends up going through a shoulder surgery, has an uncertain future, has to practice and rehab on the side field while the Niners are moving ahead with Trey Lance but comes in graciously, handles everything with class to be the backup guy and step up and take over when Trey Lance gets hurt. And now this happens, yet another season-ending injury. Uh, when I saw him go down, and everybody was talking about the landing on his foot, I actually thought that it was it's a torsional injury. When his foot got caught and, and rotated through um, the grass, I'm like, man, that does not look good. And as soon as he didn't come back for the second half, never appeared on the sideline, I was like, he's done for the year. This is going to be a foot injury that cost him the season. Kyle Shanahan said afterward he broke a few things in his foot. Mm. So what does that tell you? The torsional injury, breaking a few bones, that is a list Frank injury in the middle of his foot. And now there's conversation about whether he'll have surgery or not. Here's the criteria. If you have a stable list Frank injury, so you, even if there's fracture, but the bones are not displaced, uh, you, that can heal over time. And ideally, you'd love to not have to go in and operate if you don't have to, but it's still a multiple-month recovery, you know, three months to four months at best. And it's tough. All right. So who, who do you got? Do you got Brock Purdy, Josh Johnson, well, allow me my space to grieve before I move <laughs> Pick on. Pick your quarterback. I actually thought Brock Purdy played, oh, Brock really, Purdy well. played really well. Yeah. I mean, really can you well. imagine mm-hmm. coming in like that situation coming in and, and you're him. And now all of a sudden you have to step it up and save the game. I, I mean, I thought he did really, really well. And I think he'll, he'll, He'll function fine in the offense. I thought Fred Warner said it perfectly afterward. He's like, he plays against the best defense in the league all the time in practice. Yep. This, and so Brock Purdy throwing a lot over the middle, I thought that is going to be where he's going to survive. That's going to actually help him. Um, and he's got to get rid of the ball fairly quickly. Think of the defense. Again, he's facing that front four every week in practice. Does so. he have guys on his team that are good at being able to get the ball at or behind the line of scrimmage? Mm-hmm. Oh, like CMC or Debo Samuel maybe? Like, yeah, mm-hmm. and Debo was still hurt. You could tell that he was not 100%. And he performed better than I expected, given the fact that he was dealing with that thigh contusion. But you, you saw that it was a problem. He couldn't fully open it up like normal. By the way, uh, we've seen Kyle Shanahan have an offense that scores points with C.J. Beathard and Nick Mullins. So it would not be shocking if they're still scoring two and a half touchdowns per game with Brock Purdy in there. So wouldn't surprise me, especially with those skill guys, if they scored two and a half touchdowns per game with 
Baker Mayfield under center? Is there any, That's not is happening. There any chance that like with them signing? If, any, if someone's going to save Baker's career, it would probably be Kyle Shanahan, right? I mean, there's a short list of quarterbacks that are. Yeah, uh, but he said they're fine where they are. I yeah. believe those those were his words. That's not I happening. suspect Baker will be claimed today. I would be surprised Maybe. if it's San Francisco, but I got I got some spider senses that he'll be claimed. Ooh. Yeah. Oh, what do we think? Share to share. Where do we want? Where Houston. We think he's go. um, right. I was thinking Cleveland probably. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Cleveland. Maybe Kansas City. They could use a quarterback, right? Yeah. All right. Yeah. Let's move ahead. We're going to talk rolling or folding. We're going to take a look at some players over the last month that have put together some decent fantasy performances, and it's not whether or not we're in on them. Yeah. It's Can I offer not- one piece of advice for like for? Shouldn't it be holding or folding? Wouldn't that make more sense? Because you're yeah, holding. you got to know when to hold them rolling. and know when to fold them. Keep rolling. Yeah. Or eventually <laughs> fold them. No. That's two yeah. words. Yeah. We'll so, know when to fold them. So I think. Know when to walk away. Know when to run. So because it's because <laughs> it's not. Even, yes, not I do. Biting. Kenny Legan. They're all. not Kenny Legan. <laughs> Kenny Rogers. Shout out to Kenny Legan. Kenny Legan. Great guy at ESPN. Uh, he is a great guy yeah. here at ESPN. All right. This is about whether or not the players keep it rolling, or whether or not you think they're going to fold in the second half here towards the end of the year. Not whether or not we are holding them. So for the players, we're going to start with Trevor Lawrence. And just to note that this, if you hear numbers referenced in these players' descriptions, it's because it's over the past four weeks, so weeks oh, ten through thirteen on a per game yes. basis. When you hear us say. Trevor Lawrence has averaged 20.8 fantasy points per game. That's not for the full season. No, or else we'll be talking about Trevor Lawrence in a much different light throughout the year. But he has been good of late. Mm-hmm. So, Dale, what do you think, Daniel? Are you Quarterback on six, right, over the last, from weeks 10 through 13, 20.8 points per game. He gets the Tennessee Titans this upcoming week, which is a matchup that I like. But, again, I don't know. I feel like this has been one of those roller coaster type of situations with a second-year quarterback. You can see some ups and downs. Mm-hmm. And we're about to be in a situation where past next week, there are no more bye weeks. So I don't see Trevor Lawrence as a guy that I'm going to be starting. I think on a consistent basis, unless yeah. I'm in like a 12 or, or 14, 16 team league where he's at the back end of my quarterback radar. Yeah. He's still a streamer, right? He's what he's been all season when the matchup is right. You're using him and he's been really yep. good as of late, at least 16 fantasy points at four straight and six of his last seven. But Look, he plays the Titans this week. Great matchup. They allowed a ton of yardage, touchdowns, fantasy points to Everybody. quarterbacks. But then Dallas at the Jets and even at Houston, that doesn't, you know, teams don't throw against them. They don't allow much, uh, much in terms of fantasy points. And then it's Tennessee again if you play in week 18. But I mean, there's a stretch of three straight games where I'm not going to feel great using him. You know, probably be a front end QB2, not a QB1. So uh, tough remaining schedule overall. He's he is what he is. He's he is a, what he is. He's a streamer when the matchup's right. Feel lucky that he uh, stayed in that game, by the way. That was scary. Yeah, right. Uh, but that, um, but uh, sounds like he's doing okay. Well, that was an ugly-looking injury, but... Yeah. yeah. Hoping Body's nothing fun. progresses. Yeah, fat, very, very glad. Uh, Field, Daniel Jones has been quarterback 11 over those last four weeks. However, he doesn't really have any pass catchers, and he gets the Eagles this week. In fact, he gets the Eagles twice over the next little while. What do you think about Daniel Jones here for the rest of the season? Pretty much what Mike just said, right? He's mm-hmm. a streaming option based off of the matchup. Philadelphia is a defense that I would prefer to avoid, all things being equal. Washington, he just played. You saw how he can perform against them. They play in two weeks. I'm fine with that one. Minnesota, week mm-hmm. 16, fine with that one. Indianapolis and Philadelphia, to wrap things up, I would prefer not to be starting <laughs> yeah. Daniel Jones. He yeah. is what he has been throughout the season. So um, I would say, I guess I'll be a little bit more focused on this week because I think it's hard to focus entirely on the next five weeks, and I will be folding on Daniel Jones. I do not want a piece of him this week against the Eagles. 
I think that it's going to be tough for Daniel Jones. I mean, without, this game, this game mm-hmm. could get out of hand, right? The Eagles could be up big, and Daniel Jones, he could, I mean, he could rush for 60 say, yards and a touchdown. I just would think that, that could salvage it's also possible that the Giants score 10 points on Sunday against Philly. Stefania, what about Jared Goff? Jared Goff has not been awful. This offense I thought you has were going to take this one. Up. I mean, nah, come on. It's easy for me to take I this know. one. Everyone expects it. Right. But so, in Minnesota, this upcoming week, he has had over 17 fantasy points in consecutive games. Is there enough here that you can at least look at Jared Goff as someone that you would consider utilizing towards the last month of fantasy? Uh, maybe at the last month, maybe at the last month, looking at his matchups against Carolina, maybe Chicago, but I don't love him. I don't love him this week against the Vikings. I don't oh, love I do. him against. Uh, well, all right. Field loves him. Uh, <laughs> I love him against the Vikings. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, he's fine. I mean, but I don't, I don't, I don't necessarily expect him to be more than what he's been. I actually Which, have him as a second quarterback in the league, and uh-huh. I think he's been useful in that range, but starting him is like. Oh, yeah. In my top 10? Yeah, maybe. I mean, last week was his first finish better than QB 12 since week four. Yeah, okay. I, I mean, that's been, why I mean, it's I, been rough. to me, like he's he, not like a... Yeah, he's yeah, a limited QB ceiling. Uh, maybe Minnesota's a decent a good matchup, though, I mean, is what Fields talking yeah, about. I, I, I right agree. Now. I mean, he... Look, 751 passing yards allowed over the past two weeks by Minnesota... Who were the quarterbacks that they did that with? Mac Jones okay. and Mike White. Well, those are not both very Well, Mike White is a star, except for this week. I feel like Jared <laughs> Goff fits in with that. 751 passing yards over the past yeah. two games. Yeah. Okay. They're playing with tremendous confidence right mm-hmm. now, are the Lions. And I know Mike, he said he hadn't had a game inside the top 12 since week four. Jared Goff, and I said this on Sunday before the game even began, Jared Goff is an indoors quarterback. He's from California. I know he went to college in the mm-hmm. Bay Area. He has always been better playing indoors for whatever reason. The entire Lions offense is better when playing indoors. This week, I'm in. Week 17 against Chicago, championship week, I'm in as well. If you look at it, the numbers, they do bear it out, by the way. He's had three games on the road this season. They've been clunkers, 9.1 fantasy points per game. And the other eight games, nearly 20 fantasy points per game. I'm fine with Jared. I like Jared Goff this week. You guys so, are. So would you, you say have he's. a starter? You would put him in your top 10. Uh, he's really close to my yeah. top 10 this week. So you would say, week. much like Lawrence and Jones, you stream him when the matchup's right? Oh, oh yeah. Like, so, yeah. yeah. Specifically yeah. this week. There's like yes. 20 quarterbacks yeah. like that. Rolling for right? this week. Yep. Yeah. Uh, yep. Yes, he is close to my top 10 for this week. He is. And that's because we have six teams on the way. Six teams on a bye. Mm-hmm. And I, 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 I'm optimistic, though. Like, the Vikings can't defend anybody right now, guys. No. It's, it's a They took over match. from the Lions. Yeah. Hey, I appreciate that. <laughs> Hopefully, I'm on Ross St. Brown keeps things rolling. He's been doing well. Like, Mike White, that number could have easily been 400 for Mike White with two touchdown passes. Mm-hmm. Easily. Yep. And Goff's numbers might look better if they weren't like Jamal Williams just wasn't running everything. Right. And I feel like they get tackled at the one yard line at every oh single drive. Yeah, and then Williams just runs. Right. I mean, yeah. even Swift has a lot of rushing. What a great touchdowns. point you just made right there. Yeah. I'm helping your cause. Here. About time you showed up with one. All right, let's talk about some running backs here. We got the Packers. Aaron Jones. Aaron Jones has been running back nine from weeks 10 through 13. A.J. Dillon running back 25 in spite of what happened this last week where A.J. Dillon was the guy holding sort of. down for this Packers backfield. But when you look at this Packers backfield field, hey. I don't think that I see anything different with what I've seen the whole rest of the season. Aaron Contact, Jones is yeah. going to keep being the guy. He's going to keep being the pass catcher. Mm-hmm. Maybe A.J. Dillon gets the hot hand, so they run with him every little bit. But it's clearing away Aaron Jones, and I'm still rolling with him. I think he continues to roll the rest of the season. Context is important here. Two weeks yes. ago against the Eagles on Sunday Night Football, Dylan has a big run that leads to a, I think I think he ended up finishing with more fantasy points than Jones. But Jones still had 16 fantasy points in that game against yep. Philadelphia. A like different 
stratosphere as far as uh, pass catchers go. The Packers designed a bunch of pass plays for Aaron Jones. And this past week, Jones got hurt. He got mm-hmm. hurt. He left the game for a while with a shin injury. He came into that game with that injury. And, yeah. and we, we talked about it. I think we mentioned it on Fantasy Football Now. There were, at some point, we were talking about the two of them, and I said, Aaron Jones is not 100%. He's dealing with two different injuries, and he leaves by aggravating one of them that was already there. So, yeah. I, you know, that's the thing that makes me think they will split the utilization a little bit more mm-hmm. just because he's not running at 100%. Pass catching, yes, but you're not going to get a lot of extra yards from him right now. Yeah, we'll see. I don't know specifically on the utilization, uh, but Jones did return in that game. Yeah. So that's why A.J. Dillon had the dominant snap share. Uh, yeah, to me, though, it's still pretty clear. It's Aaron Jones, and it's not close. Yeah, I'm with you. So lean and Jones here. Uh, remember, Dillon has the back-to-back good games one because Jones was hurt. Before that, that was his... Two weeks ago, that was his first double-digit fantasy performance. Since Since week one, week one. one. So Mm -hmm. I'm not, I'm not trusting Dylan yet. Jones is still the preferred play, of course. Like to your to your point, we have to keep an eye on his health. Obviously, rolling on Jones, folding on Dylan. What about Najee Harris? Do you think he keeps rolling towards the last month of the season, Mike Clay, or would you think there's going to be a folding kind of? Are we saying he's rolling though? Like, are we? That's the thing. In comparison to the rest of his season, the last couple weeks he is sort of ish rolling. Well, it's one week though, right? Week 11, 20 fantasy points. Otherwise, outside the top 25 of his last six. So he had that one game where he spiked and you thought maybe he's healthy now and can get rolling. That's it though. So he's, he has not been good. It's kind of a mid pack schedule the rest of the way. Uh, They play the Browns in in week 18. If you play that long, I guess that's a good matchup, but otherwise it's kind of mid pack. So no, I don't feel great starting Harris right now. I mean, we're going to rank him probably borderline top 20 and, and just not feel great about it. Not feel good about it. I mean, they used Jalen Warren and Benny Snell this past week with Harris. So I just, it's been, it's been a rough go. It's been a rough go. That is tough. Understanding that DeAndre Swift looked like he was getting more usage this last week. And we've been, you know, one of the reasons we've been a little low on DeAndre Swift because we weren't sure how much usage he would get. Are we fully past the, like if you did Najee Harris or DeAndre Swift in your lineup? Oh, I'm going all the way. Yeah. In yeah. I'm, in, I'm back Swift in now. on Swift. Yeah. yeah. A lot of, a lot of playing time last week, but it was it 51% of this? Yeah. That was the most, that was a big yeah. jump forward from what they've been doing with him. Yeah, and he also, he got passing game opportunities, which Najee for this, for, I don't know what the reason is, but he's not getting they have evaporated. anywhere close to the same passing game utilization as last year when he led all running backs in terms of catches. Uh-huh. Frustration. Can we, can we talk about James Cook in the way sure, that he yeah, looked absolutely. against the Patriots on Thursday? I mean, does this performance and what he did on Thursday Night Football give you any kind of an indication that maybe he will keep it rolling towards the second half of this? Most important thing for me with James Cook on the positive side was the eye test was really good. Yes. Right? He looked mm-hmm. he very looked sharp. Really 14 good. carries for 64 yards. He had six catches for 41 yards. That was his forte coming out of Georgia. He was a great pass catcher with the Bulldogs. Was expected to be a productive pass catcher for the Bills. He has had moments, but has not been particularly consistent because Devin Singletary, who played exactly one more snap than James Cook. They actually updated the snap shares uh, after they do a run every single, I think it's Tuesday. Uh, they run through all the snap shares to make sure they're accurate. Devin Singletary played one more snap than James Cook. He got a goal line carry that James Cook did not get. And by the way, Naeem Hines played 23 snaps to 32 for James Cook. Mm-hmm. So it's still three-man committee. So yes. uh, is it possible that the Bills are saying to themselves, we need to get more out of James Cook? Maybe. We've also seen him have 10 carries in a game before and then fade back to what he had been. So mm-hmm. I'm not ready to fully commit. I have the Bills running backs rank like pretty close cook checks in highest for me, but I don't know offhand. I think it's like RB 28 versus RB 27 or something. Sure. Mm-hmm. There are a handful of backfields, Miami. I'm also looking at you where I'm in that same spot. Yeah, I'm with you. It's tough. It's a high scoring offense, but they're going to use all three guys and Naheem Hines. That was just 
highest snap count with Buffalo mm-hmm. and he just continues to trend up. And if they're in competitive <clears throat> games or trailing, he's going to play a lot. So I'm not super excited about any of these guys. Also, the most durable running back in the NFL, and there's obviously some luck involved with this, but it's Evan Singletary. Yeah, he hasn't he missed a game been. in two and a half years now. He's he's oh awesome. Boy. He just he's he always just on the did it. Wow. What is now it like goes, come on. <laughs> you know what though? This is so Devin Singletary, um, not exactly tall. Frank Gore, not exactly tall. Yeah. They both come from the South Florida area. Obviously, mm-hmm. the U for Frank Gore, right. FAU for Devin Singletary. Devin Singletary is Frank Gore. Field Eats just said that. Yeah. Both played for the Buffalo they Bills. Played on the Hall of Fame. Just saying. Yeah. yeah. Some parallels. Anything I else? See some parallels. Okay. Yeah. Um, nope. I got nothing else. All right. There we go. Let's okay. talk about Damian Pierce. Stefania. Let's talk about Damian Pierce. Come on. Damian Pierce, after two really tough weeks, this last week, listen, 18 carries for 70, 73 yards? Is that what it was? 18 carries for yeah. 73 yards in spite of how bad his first two weeks were. How are you looking at Damian Pierce understanding the Texas offense? I think the talent's undeniable. He had two tough matchups in those weeks where he didn't produce. And we had said that we expected more from him this week. Given the matchup, given the talent level, he's about the only thing really clicking for the Houston Texans. So um, I'm still still on the uh, Damian Pierce rolling train. I... You know, Dallas is going to be a tough matchup just for them in general. Of course. Um, but I think uh, other than that, I'm I'm fine with them, especially the matchups they have there on out. And Mike, you told us on, on Fantasy Football Now, you sort of called this bounce back, saying I'm not yeah. worried about it. There's a situation where against the mm. Browns, he's going to get a ton of volume still. Yeah, I, I wish we got more. I mean, Thank you. Okay. Yeah, yeah, at least he, you know, he got to 95 yards, but he hasn't scored in five straight games. Uh, you look at when he kind of had that breakout earlier this season, three straight weeks, he had at least 18 fantasy points. And we thought, here we go. He's yeah. playing 90% of the snaps. It, he, the breakout's happening. But since then, 11 fantasy points per game. He's been under 16 in every game, right? So he I just think hasn't part of it is their offense of is sputtered of completely. Exactly so better, it's though. like, yeah. It's, yeah. What, I, that's yeah. not going to get better. No. That's the problem. Well, <laughs> yeah. No, I, I would say that. Um, Are they going back to Davis Mills? Like that. They, Are they going to Baker Mayfield? I don't they, know. I'm surprised on Baker, but. We'll see. Yeah. I'd be very surprised, though. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I, I'm glad that you that you framed it the way that you did. Is that, like, I'm happy to roll with him this week because there are very few running backs to start otherwise. But, like, I don't know that we are going to be sitting here championing the cause for a guy who, like, had 12. It was like, yeah, he's back with 12.5 yeah. fantasy points, baby. <laughs> I know. I know. Let's ride, right? Like, yeah, what exactly. is that? Like, do you want 12.5 fantasy points? It's what? not his fault. It's nothing yeah. to do with him. I get it. Yeah. But once just, again, we're dealing with six teams on by. That's a lot of running backs gone. And he does catch passes, and that you, somewhat it's uh, yeah. He's getting well, about eighty percent of the carries, ten percent of the targets. That's hard to bench, but volume, in that offense, that's still a lot of volume. It is vol- yeah, yeah. It is vol- and it's Dallas, by the way, to, yeah. really good defense again. So I, I don't know. He's a he's a mid range RB too. He's a point. tough one to figure out because if, with, unless that offense gets better, it feels like his talent is not going to live up to its full potential with where we're at. Not mm-hmm. with what we expect. Not what we've seen earlier yeah. this year. So. Yep. Let's talk about Christian Watson. Wide receiver three. From, Here we go. From weeks 10 through 13, wide receiver three. Mike, I'm going to start with you because I think you and I probably see this the same way. I think this is unbelievably unsustainable given the amount of targets and volume that he is getting. But where are you at? Yeah, I'm, I'm a little nervous uh, about the usage, right? Six targets exactly in three straight games. Yeah. Not at least six targets. Exactly six targets. Does have a bunch of touchdowns. Obviously, seven in his last four games. That is uh, terrific. But look, since week 10. He's third in fantasy points at, at wide receiver, but he's 26th in targets, 32nd in catches, right? That's not enough volume to sustain anything close to what he was doing. But here's the good news. 
They have arguably the easiest remaining yeah, it's schedule. It's just going to say their schedule. I, I, I mean, they have a bye this week, unfortunately. Yeah. Okay. So uh, going forward, yeah, obviously after the bye, he could be a league winner during the yeah. fantasy playoffs sure because could. maybe with the good matchups, he does see more volume and scores he uh, you know a couple touchdowns. It's not going to be seven and four games, but yeah. he looks like the real deal too. You know, more yes. than anything looks else, really he looks good. like an established number one right now. Yeah, I would say. Let's just like put our put our our, our like human side hat on here for a second. You're rolling with him. You are. You're playing Christian Watson in week 15 when they come out of their bye. There's like, no way that someone course, has put up 20-plus fantasy points that many games in a row. You're, you're not going to be the idiot. Now, eventually the bubble's going to burst, and he's going to have like eight fantasy points in a game. It's going to be a bummer. And it's going to be in the playoffs, but and what it's going to what, what if that eight comes in 17, in week 17, and instead he gets you 22 and 15 and 16? You're like, all right, sweet. I can, I'm glad I continue to buy him. I'm playing him, I should say. I'm with you. It's not like it's a CEH thing during the first month. It's not like that, right? He's still going to be on the field and could see six to eight targets yep. a game. I'm just, I, I need that number to go up, right? I don't I don't want this to turn into like Devontae Smith, right? Where he just disappears and has two targets. Like, we need those targets to go up one or two. Get, yep. Go from six a game to eight a game, and then we'll be happy. When you're talking about wide receivers that average six targets per game, you're not talking about guys that average 20 They're plus. Flex so here's, no, here's no, it's the not question. The <laughs> Romeo Dobbs could come back. In the next two weeks. So after the bye, if Romeo Dobbs comes back, what happens to Christian Watson? Nothing, I don't think. I was going to yeah. say nothing. Yeah. Well, I think Dobbs will be the four now. That's yeah. my guess. I would expect so. But Aaron Rodgers, if Christian Watson drops a ball, look Ooh. out. Ooh. I don't know. They're they're He's they're fickle. producing now. I think Watson's cemented. I, I mean, I've, we've seen crazier things, but I'd, I'd be shocked if that Same. happened. What about Amari Cooper Field? We got this one. Yeah, fine with it. Good. One week under Rolling. center, you're good. Rolling. Rolling. This is a simple, not overthinking it too much. Uh, tough matchup this week. The Bengals, I'm just impressed with mm-hmm. the Bengals' defense. Um, but he had nine of 21 targets this past week. Do you, any of this with the first week with Deshaun under center? Obviously, the offense looked rough. Yeah. He, looked, he looked bad. We'll see. Uh, as uh, We talked about this on Sunday, you and I, Daniel, with Liz, is that like it, it's hard to imagine that Russell, uh, that, that Deion, uh, Deshaun Watson is like Russell Wilson, where it seemingly happens overnight, where it just regresses in such a significant way that it impacts the offense in perpetuity. But I'm not sure that it gets dramatically better this week, but still, I mean, he had nine targets. He had four catches for 40 yards. Like if that number had been six for 52, we're probably not having this conversation at all. So yeah. I'm still fine. I'm, I mean, I'm rolling with Mario Cooper, really talented player. And I think this offense gets better regardless of what the matchups are or are not. And they actually are not that bad beyond Cincinnati going forward. Yep. I'm cool with it. I'll yeah. Mid-pack second, forget it. I, oh, yeah, say, definitely. Yeah. I mean, even this week, like to your yeah. point, uh, the no team has a lot fewer receptions to receivers than the Bengals. We're still starting Amari Cooper, right? He's just mm-hmm. too good. He had a good game against them the first time. Granted, Awuzie went down in that game, and Eli Apple didn't play, but still. Amari Cooper is a lineup lock still. Yep. What about Darius Slayton, Mike Clay? Let's mm. talk about some How deeper wide feel? receivers here, right? When you, Daniel Jones has got to throw the football to somebody. Darius Slayton mm-hmm. has been a guy that has sort of come on for him. Feels tough to be able to trust a situation or a wide receiver like Darius Slayton, but still, he's somebody that, you know, you think that he continues to be able to roll? or He, he is, uh, since week seven, 25th at receiver in fantasy points. He's just kind of hung in there. He doesn't have a lot of spike games, but he's been over 11 in six of his last eight games. He's been fine. He's just hanging on the, the flex radar in 12-team leagues. But this is a very tough matchup. So if you're looking for an excuse to bench him, this would be it. I would say about 70, 75% of the time, he's going to be up against Darius Slay. And James Bradbury Those guys in this are good. game. They're Eagles good. have allowed the fewest yeah. fantasy points to the perimeter. It's a really tough matchup. Uh, you, again, you like what he's done lately? Don't not, want to start him against this Eagles. Week. Yeah. Yeah, I think it would be tough. Any any Giants wide receiver in the playoffs when How I'm in a winner scoring? go home spot? I don't know. This is why they're doing nothing in the passing yeah. game because it's like Isaiah Hodgins, Richie James, and yep. Darius Slayton, who they were 
trying to get rid of the whole offseason. That's their receivers right it's now. It's been tough. It's been really tough. Stefania, let's close out on a tight end in Cole Komet. If you, there's no I way that you people- saw, yeah, I think you saw the potential with him and Justin Fields. Like we started to see that happening. And then when Justin Fields, it, Justin Fields gets hurt and now he's back. And all of a sudden Cole Komet gets targeted more how, heavily again. How did Justin Fields look to you coming back from Fine. injury? Anything, any, Thoughts yeah. or concerns? No, I think, wait, he could still run. Yeah, so we obviously saw that. the shoulder injury didn't impact his ability to run. And the main thing was for him to be able to protect himself, you know. And and he did that. He got mm-hmm. through the game without getting any worse. It uh, doesn't mean he's hundred percent as far as the shoulder goes. There's still some of that risk there, but it's not going to impact your where you know how you're going to evaluate him for fantasy purposes. Totally. Yeah, one game doesn't make a sample size, but a lot of people pointed this out. He has just three design runs on Sunday. Did Justin Fields? That number was. Oftentimes, double or even triple that yeah. during that ridiculous stretch prior to the game that he missed. And his game. scramble rate is but off the charts. Right. So keep running. Here. And he took advantage of it. Mm-hmm. So. Plus, he only needs two runs to get six straight games with a rushing touchdown. He has three 50 plus yard rushing touchdowns this season. No other quarterback has three 50 plus yard rushing touchdowns for his entire career. He's done it over the past two months. Isn't it crazy how we keep uh, like upping the bar like Lamar Jackson and then it's Jalen Hurts who's like first and expected touchdowns this year in the whole league. Like yeah. He, yeah. all that goalie market. Now it's Justin Fields doing what he's doing. It's just we keep upping the bar for rushing quarterbacks. By the way, Justin Fields is currently on pace for 1,206.67 rushing yards this season. The record for most rushing yards by a quarterback in a season, Lamar Jackson yep. with 1,206. Wow. So he's, point, he's two-thirds Man. of a yard above Lamar's rate. Lamar played just 15 games that season. Of course, Justin Fields will play a maximum of 16 this season. So it's possible. It's possible he breaks that record. Yikes. What about, wow. okay, really quickly, on Justin Fields' tight end, Cole Komet, has he become a tight end and forget it tight end with the way that this tight end position has worked out? Yeah, I mean, he's uh, third in fantasy points from per game yeah. during that five-week span. Yeah. Yeah. I, th- I, I think so. Back yeah. in. By week, week. Is he active? Buffalo. Yeah. Yeah. Is he active this week? No. He's not. Okay. No. So next week. week. And then he, he plays active? Philly. Is he active? Okay. No. Yes. Sorry. Next week. He's active. Okay. Does he have hands that function? Yes. Okay. Maybe. Does his quarterback have an arm that functions? We believe he does. Yes. Okay, good. All right. Then you're officially on the tight end radar. That's that's where you That's right. the criteria. That's a good point. By yeah. week, Philly and Buffalo, though. Like that you can't use them this upcoming week, and then it feels like two tough matchups back to back with Philly and Buffalo. Well, you're about to but lose. Then you get another... your Lions and the Vikings. Oh, all right. I didn't You're about that. to lose another uh, you know, kind of solid tight end in Hayden Hurst. That's true. So that's true. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. That, you, I know you replied to this on Twitter. Uh Zach Ertz and Dallas Goddard last played in week ten. They're still top six scorers at tight end. Oh my god. Yeah. That's how bad tight end is. So yeah, that makes Cole Komet Travis appetizing. Kelsey. Yikes. Every single year. Travis <laughs> Kelsey. Don't tell me about him being a reach ever. He's on reach. <laughs> he will go first overall next year, and I would feel not bad at all about it. I appreciate you not looking at me yeah. while saying that. Mm-hmm. After our no, we had many Andrews people. versus Kelsey arguments. Oh, well, whatever. I mean, you I know, mean, last thought here, we have to get to Eric Moody here in a second, but you know, I appreciate this from our friend Zach Lowe. He's just absolutely tremendous. He's the best basketball mind in the entire NBA. It's not even close. He talked about this in his podcast. He said, I don't like to crow about the things that I got right. Because really, like, first of all, like, show a little humility, okay? Like, it's our job to be right on things. These podcasts are often about things we got wrong because we're trying to learn from them. You know what? It's mm-hmm. a game of projection and guessing. So if you're pissed off that we got something wrong, I'm sorry. But we're going to do our best to be accountable and say, here's where I thought things were going to go. 
They didn't go there. Here's what I have learned. Here's what I'm going to try to be better this upcoming. You know what I just heard? Instead of you gloating about Kelsey, you're gloating about how humble you are. Yep. You're like, I'm the humblest. Look right. how humble I am. Right. I mean, <laughs> listen, you want me to tell you about all the things that I got right this season? No, no one wants to hear <laughs> no. that. All right. I do. You do? Tell me. Yeah, yeah. All right, listen, I had Patrick Mahomes as a top five quarterback <laughs> coming into the year. Nailed it. Nailed it. So, all right. ESPN has approached me about a raise <laughs> due to that fact. No well, deal. well deserved. Well Thank deserved. You. Yes. All right. We're going to get to our buddy Eric Moody here in a second. But first, Mike Clay. Ah, uh, yes. Let's talk about Miller Lite. Let's do it. Tis uh, now the I'm season. Yes. Tis the season to get together with good friends and great drinks. That means tis Miller time. Sure, the holidays can be stressful. And so can the fantasy playoffs. All the more reason to raise a glass or can to keeping things uncomplicated. Since 1975, Miller Lite has been the beer with taste you can depend on. No games, no gimmicks, just great beer. Not only is Miller Lite a great tasting light beer, it's also a great gift for the beer lovers in your life. And for even more gift ideas, perfect for beer lovers, visit the Miller Lite shop site at shop.millerlite.com. Their new holiday collection features everything from cozy beer-inspired holiday sweaters to drinkable ornaments for your tree. This holiday, tis Miller time, so enjoy Miller time with family and friends. Miller Lite, great taste, 96 calories. Go to MillerLite.com slash FFF to find delivery options near you so you can give the gift of Miller time this holiday season, or you can pick up some Miller Lite pretty much anywhere. They sell beer. Tis Miller time. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, 96 calories and 3.2 carbs for 12 ounces. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Well, of course you would. When it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. Go with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with your homeowners or renters coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more. And Geico is just an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways that you could save. It's easy. Simply go to geico.com or contact your local agent today. All right, and we are here talking waiver wire with our friend Eric Moody. What is up, Eric? How you doing, bud? No, I'm doing pretty good. You know, I'm fully caffeinated. You know, ready to rock and roll. I was a little under the weather uh, over the weekend, but hey, I'm feeling great and ready to talk about the waiver wire, my friend. Oh, the waiver wire is brought to you by Geico. Switch to Geico and see all the ways that you could save. Heading into this, Eric Moody, we're going to let the people know week 14 buys include the Falcons, the Bears, the Packers, the Colts, the Saints, and the Commanders. Six teams on a buy, the last buy week of the NFL season. So, Eric, let's talk about the quarterback position because we have guys that we have been counting on. We will not be able to have this week. Where are you going on the waiver wire here in week 14 at the quarterback spot? And, you know, we talked about this quarterback before, and, and I'm sure this, this name is very dear to your heart, Dot, but we're going to talk about Jared Goff once again. It's just like the Godfather Part 3, you know, with Michael Corleone, where it's just like, just when I think I'm out on get, on Jared Goff, I just keep getting pulled back in. I'm like, that's how I feel right now. Pulling me back. And in. he had a great great game. <laughs> I know, right? I'm like, he had a great game against Jacksonville. Uh, 21.6 fantasy points. Played very well at home. His third game. His third game with 20 or more fantasy points at home this season. And one thing about about Goff, I'm like, he's got Amon Ross St. Brown. He's got great rapport with him. Jamison Williams is there. DJ Shark is healthy. So he's got some playmakers. And he's going up against a Vikings team this week that's allowing 20 fantasy points per game to opposing quarterbacks. So if you're in need of a quarterback or a streamer, look no further than Jared Goff. Yeah, I don't mind Jared Goff this week against Minnesota. It is not a bad matchup. I am totally with you on that. Don't love him next week against the Jets as Jared Goff is not an outdoor kind of quarterback. However, 
The Jets have their own quarterback, Eric Moody, that could maybe be used as a streaming option here in Week 14. Exactly. Let's talk about Mike White. Two consecutive games of 17 or more fantasy points. And he's also had 300 or more passing yards uh, in each game. And one thing about the Jets coaching staff with uh, Robert Sala is that I'm like they're taking this at like a, a, a week by week kind of view where mm-hmm. they're determining like what steps need to be made. And so I think with Mike White knowing that that he has to perform week in and week out to maintain the starting job, I think that bodes you know very well. I'm like they're throwing a lot of passes. Uh, which is good, you know, for fantasy since Mike White is not a, a mobile quarterback, we'll say. So you're not getting that Konami code fantasy point addition, you know, from someone like Mike White. But in this matchup against the Bills, I see the Jets needing to score early and often to at least try to maintain pace with the Bills. Because you look at Buffalo, I'm like, they rank second in total yards per game at 400 and nearly 411 total yards and third in points per game at nearly 28. And so I'm looking at Mike White against Buffalo as someone with a, I would say a QB2 floor, but if he limits the interceptions, you're looking at someone that can give you low-end QB1 upside, in my opinion. Heck yeah. I mean, this is, we've watched him each of the last two weeks, like you said, over 300 yards passing. We've watched this Jets offense become more alive with Mike White under center. And it's not just Mike White that is usable in fantasy, Eric, as there is a running back with Michael Carter out that you also like that can be used off the waiver wire here this week. Yeah, you're right, Dobbs. So let's talk about Zonovan Knight, you know, once again, second straight game with over uh, 100 total yards and 13 or more fantasy points. And he did have 60% of the touches uh, in both of those games. And so it's a crowded backfield. I know you got Carter who's out dealing with the low ankle sprain. You've got James Robinson that's there. You got Ty Johnson. But I keep going back to kind of coach speak here because here's what Robert Sala said is that I mean, they're looking for someone to spark the backfield. He said that a couple of weeks ago. I don't know what Zonovan Knight can do to provide a greater spark. And so even if Michael Carter comes back this week or next week, I still see Knight being actively involved in this backfield. And we've seen how explosive that he is. And he's got fresh legs too, because he hasn't played much up until this point. So I like Knight really as a flex option with upside. I think fantasy managers have gotten a taste of what he's capable of and, you know, you must admit, it, it seems very good. What do you think, Doc? Yeah, no, I'm with you on that. He has looked really good over the, each of the last two weeks, especially coming out of nowhere here for this Jets team. Gets the Buffalo Bills this week. Tough matchup. So we'll see how that works out. However, if he's heavily utilized in this passing game and the Jets are down, then, you know, he's still someone that can give you a really nice fantasy floor at the running back position. However... The Bills have their own running back that you could potentially grab off the waiver wire this week if Zonovan Knight is not available, and that's in James Cook, Eric Moody. Yeah, no, I really do like James Cook. So we look at last week. Stockpiled 105 total yards on 20 touches against the Patriots last Thursday. Uh, played one fewer snap than Devin Singletary. Here's why I'm really optimistic for the rest of the, rest of the fantasy season on James Cook. Is that I think the Bills could use from this point on really as a mini audition for Cook. Because you got Devin Singletary that's played well for you know most of this year. But he's someone that's going to be an unrestricted free agent after the season. And so I could see this being a nearly 50-50 committee. But I think they really want to examine and analyze what they have here with Cook. And you got to admit, he looked great last week. So I think this trend continues. He's someone else that I'm kind of viewing as a flex option with upside moving forward. Yeah, we'd love to see him continue to be utilized and get more touches within this offense as we get into the playoff hunt for fantasy teams here. So like James Cook, any other running backs really quickly you want to talk about before we move on to pass catchers? 
yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm sitting there thinking, how am I going to phrase this? But I, I would look at Travis Homer, my, my, oh. my biggest, my, my, my biggest, I guess my biggest complaint with this whole situation, and we should know more soon, is that the Seahawks backfield is, is, is complicated, we'll say. You got mm-hmm. Kenneth Walker, who's been great. He's down with an ankle injury. DJ Dallas comes in. Yes, I'm going to help this team. I go out with an ankle injury. Then you've got Travis Homer, who was ruled out of last week's game, mm-hmm. who, when you look at the running back room, I would say he's like the last man standing and like the healthiest running back available. And so you just want to plug in whoever is going to start or get most touches for this team because Seattle does like to run the football and they've got a pretty good matchup on tap against the Carolina Panthers. But my biggest, another gripe that I have is with head coach Pete Carroll. I'm like, I could have my arm like dangling off uh, right now, but he's saying, you know what? Moody's good to play this week. I think he's good. He's looking good out there. What do you think? He's overly optimistic. (laughs) He's overly optimistic. So, Keep that in mind when you're deciding who to target on the waiver wire when you're looking at the Seattle Seahawks backfield. So that's all I have to say about that. Very fair. And something that we talked about with Stefania as well. Definitely make sure that you make other plans. If you do have Kenneth Walker, in spite of him saying maybe he could go this week, Travis Homer would be somebody that could potentially step in and we'll see how the rest of this backfield shakes out. All right. A couple of wide receivers to get out of here. Eric, let's talk with the Dallas Cowboys, where Michael Gallup looked pretty good last week, someone that you could be targeting on the waiver wire this week. Yeah, I really like Michael Gallup. Uh, I know he was uh, coming off of an injury, you know, earlier this season. He looks healthy. He's getting targets. You know, seven targets in consecutive games. Saw a season or a career high, I would say, excuse me, three red zone targets last week against the Colts. And uh, his target shares look really good. You know, north of 23% in in, uh, three of his past five games. And I know there's a lot of chatter around Odell Beckham, whether or not the Cowboys will sign him. I'm like, Gallup should still continue to be involved, at least for most of the fantasy football season, because it's going to take uh, Beckham, even if he's signed by the Cowboys, a couple of weeks to get ramped up. So if you need a wide receiver, I pick up Michael Gallup. So you don't worry about the addition of OBJ and what it could do for Michael Gallup's uh, fantasy options. You, your feelings are that it would take OBJ a little while to get spun up so he doesn't bother you from that aspect. Mm-hmm. No, no, he doesn't. It's going to take some time for him to get acclimated to that team, you know, the, the playbook. I think it's more of a move that Dallas is positioning itself for success in, like, the real-life NFL playoffs. I don't think it will have much of a fantasy impact. Okay. What about Donovan Peoples-Jones, someone that we liked a whole lot with Jacoby Brissett under center? We watched him have a really high floor. And then now the switch to Deshaun Watson. Obviously, week one was tough, did not look great. A lot of rust for that Browns yeah. quarterback. However... DPJ is still someone that you could definitely look at that could have some good value here. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, when you look at a DPJ, uh, I really liked him quite a bit uh, this season, and I've talked about him uh, a lot on the waiver wire column and also on the show. And he looked like he had pretty good rapport with Deshaun Watson. I know he was uneven in his first start and like an eternity, but I think there's something there. And one thing about a DPJ, in seven of his last nine games, he scored 10 or more fantasy points. And mm-hmm. so I look at Donovan Peoples-Jones as someone that you can plug in as a flex option with upside. He's really got the number two wide receiver spot in Cleveland uh, on lockdown, and they're going to need all the help that they can get. So I will pick him up if you need a wide receiver. Absolutely. I am totally with you. Love Donovan Peoples-Jones to close out the year. Someone that I think should be at the end of people's rosters. There's just too much potential upside there. There just is. You got to make sure that you go out roster. Donovan Peoples-Jones. All right. 
Eric Moody, you are amazing. Thank you so much for coming on every Tuesday. Follow him at Eric N. Moody on Twitter. Check out his daily notes where he gives you a daily dosage of everything that you need to know what's going on within the fantasy atmosphere. Eric, thanks for hanging out with us, buddy. Oh, absolutely. Looking forward to the next time. Take care. All right. And for Eric and Field, Stefania, Mike, myself, everybody behind the scenes with Kyle and all the people that you don't get to see, please know we love you so much. Thank you for taking time to hang out with us today. It is not lost on us how much it means that you give us an hour of your day to spend with us. Don't forget to love each other. Be kind to yourself. You have earned that. It's okay to love yourself today. Have fun with the rest of the day. We love you. We can't wait to see you on Wednesday. We'll talk rankings. We'll see you then. She's got a smile that'll melt your heart. She's always there to lend a helping hand. Her fantasy knowledge is just the start. Advice that we really trust. Bay Area lady, always there to help. She's not a cone, she's your favorite gal. She's to find your best.